0: I'm Amber Lauva, journalist and blogger at Fashion Avenue, which is your one-stop shop for all things fashion and beauty. And welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm chatting to the extremely talented Louise Alaya, founder of Alaya The Label. Alaya The Label is a Melbourne-based, ready-to-wear label offering bespoke, lavish intricacies and mesmerizing embellishments that cannot be found elsewhere. If you love wearing head-turning garments, then you will fall in love with Alaya The Label, I promise you. If you want to know how Louise got her start and her tips for starting your own fashion label, and make sure you keep on listening. Louise, thank you so much for coming on the Fashion Avenue
1: podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really looking forward to speaking with you.
0: Oh, lovely. So am I. I thought I would jump right in about all things fashion. I want to know where your love for fashion and design came from.
1: I think for as long as I can remember, I've been quite passionate about clothing and I've always loved fashion. Um, I suppose I guess when it wasn't until I was in my teens where I discovered that clothes and the way that you dress and the way you know you can present yourself can really help you express yourself um, and it could, you know essentially act as a way of giving you self-confidence and Mm -hmm. I think that's where I discovered um, a confidence in myself that perhaps I was lacking when I was younger. And when was it that you started kind of getting into I guess designing
0: your own clothes?
1: Well I worked full time um, for several years. I went to uni and did um, pharmaceutical science so was something totally totally different. (laughs) Yeah. And then I've always sort of wanted to do fashion but I think you know when you are young and you you know you're forced to make decisions young um, after school, you sort of think, oh, you know, I'm just going to do something a bit more academic to begin with and mm-hmm. not saying fashion isn't academic, but I was like, you know, I'm going to try out something. I liked chemistry and all that, you know, mm-hmm. during school. But then, you know, I gave it a shot and I just felt like, you know, I'm not really achieving the goals and I'm not, you know, working in a role that I see myself doing forever. And I, I knew I had bigger things planned for myself. So yeah. I thought, you know what, I'm going to do some research see what's involved and how I can, you know, make this dream of mine a reality. So um, I started designing stuff whilst I was still working full-time and then I decided to head over um, seas and meet with some suppliers and do some samples and, yeah, pretty much all... Stemmed from there. Wow! And
0: can I ask, how did you go designing? Did you have any background in designing, or was it just something you kind of just
1: started doing? It's basically something I just started doing. Wow! Um, I think that was a lot. A lot of fear came from that because I thought, you know, I don't have that garment knowledge and technical background of Mm -hmm. design. So, am I going to succeed? You know, starting a fashion business. Um, Right. But I've always loved drawing and, you know, I've always used to shop so much and I'd be like, oh, you know, I wish I could find a dress that looked like this and mm-hmm. I never could so I knew that there was sort of a gap that I could fill. Yeah, right, um, Yeah, so I think the most important thing with me – starting the brand and how I was able to get it you know, up and running was that I did go to China and I worked side by side with my manufacturers so that I could portray my ideas then and there face to face so that there was no miscommunication through emails and um, that's basically how, how it all evolved.
0: Yeah, wow. And so I know Alaya hasn't been around for too long. When did you first launch the label?
1: So it's just been over three years now. Um, I launched the brand in February 2016. So mm-hmm. still young and fresh, but um, definitely been such a rewarding three years and it has gone really really quick yeah
0: gosh because I remember seeing you pop up on Instagram a few years ago and I was like what is this
1: brand it was amazing I think it was really important for me Um, I said to myself if I'm going to do this I'm going to do it properly I want it to look professional I don't want it to look like because at the time I was working from home you know I was having all the stock in my garage and Mm -hmm. in my room and I thought, you know what, I don't want people to see the brand as, you know, just what it was, which is which was a startup. So yeah. I thought, I'm going to, you know, invest time and money into making sure it looked amazing. And, you know, when people discovered the page on Instagram, I wanted them to be like, what's this brand? Like, where did this evolve from? How have I missed this? Is this yeah. Has this been around forever? So I think that was really important in um, making you know that first impact when we did launch, and I think that's basically what was you know the driving factor of our sales early on in the brand.
0: Yeah, right. And and what made you take that initial leap to create
1: your own label? Um, I think I, I it's the funny funniest thing because I always like to tell this story because I felt I felt that in my other job there was one tipping point where I was just like, you know what, I'm not where I need to be. I I want to be doing more and. I was working in a laboratory um and you have to wear safety goggles when mm-hmm. you know you're handling all chemicals yep. and I remember and I remember the manager of the laboratory came up to me and he was like oh do you need to have um eyelash extensions you know they might be interfering with the safety goggles and I thought oh my goodness like I I, I don't want to change who I am yeah. and what I like doing for a job that like I wasn't a hundred percent you know motivated in so yeah. I think for me that was the point where I was like you know what I have this goal I have this drive to do something for myself. This is, you know, the best opportunity for me to do this. I was young. I was 23 at the time. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, it's now or never. So, yeah, I just took the leap and did a lot of research. And that's where it all started. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And stuff anyone that says you can't have eyelash extensions. God. I think it was just like there was little things building up. And it was just that one comment. And I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm
0: done. (laughs) And what was the process like, design? your first collection and how was it
1: received? Um, so initially I just drew up a few things mm-hmm. and I thought what I'm going to do is I'm going to send them to a couple of factories okay. and I'm going, to, I'm going to test each factory for the same design and see, you know, what sort of quality was going to come out of it and, you know, that might be able to help me and see, you know, which manufacturer might be better for the brand. Yeah. But then after doing that, I thought, you know what, the best way, like I was saying before, would be to, you know, head over there, build that face-to-face relationship with your manufacturer so they know you, they understand your brand, your fabrics, Mm -hmm. what, you know, your visions were. So, yeah, I went over there and I spent three weeks there and I basically just went searching for fabrics and you know every night in the hotel I'd draw up a few things that I thought would work well with those fabrics and then yeah. the next morning I'd head over to the manufacturers and I'd be like listen this is my this is my idea, this is my design, can we make it happen and yeah that's, wow. that's pretty much
0: how it happened Yeah so you just made sure you were, you just went over there and actually just immersed yourself in, in all of that to, to test it out.
1: Yeah I think like if you do search online you will get flooded, there's a lot of mm. You know, different people online saying that they can do certain things for you, and you know, most of the time they might even be using images that are, you know, from a different product, but right. they're just using that to, you know, so you don't really know what you're ever getting. Yeah. Um, and I guess like I sort of learnt the hard way in, initially because some of the samples I would, you know, design and get wouldn't be what I thought they would be. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to, you know, take the time to build those relationships with um, the people that you're trusting to, you know, bring your visions to life. Yeah, totally. Um, and I
0: remember seeing the label um, pop up on Instagram as I said, and I was like, no joke, I was instantly drawn to it because it was like you ticked every single box with what I'm like into. And I was like, oh my God, I love this brand. And I wanted to know because you kind of came up on my social media. So I want to know what has social
1: media done for your brand? I think social media is incredible. Um, for any brand or even for people like it just allows us to connect with the entire world so theme- seamlessly mm-hmm. like um, you don't sometimes we don't even need to leave the office and we can connect with you know celebrities or stylists and say hey we've got this new dress or hey we're working on this sample yeah. and just send them a quick picture and you know within a day they're like cool send it over and the next minute you know someone amazing can be wearing it yeah. um, so I think social media is so um, powerful these days um, because of that it lets you Connect with everyone um, so quickly, and with Instagram and Instagram Stories, you can, you know, engage with your customers. You can do polls and ask them, "Do you like this fabric? How much are you willing to spend on this type of dress?" And you know, it allows you to sort of be a face for your brand as well, and make your customers feel that you know we're we're real people, and you know we're going to show you real customers wearing things and I think people relate really well to that because, um, you know, it's like they're they're practically living on their phone anyway and Mm. you're always going to be there to show them something new and connect with them. And um, yeah, so I think it's really, it's been amazing. And I think without social media, we probably wouldn't be where we are today.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's amazing what social media can do. Like just the amount of brands that I've I've found just by scrolling or seeing someone else wear it, it's just so powerful. And you just see, you know, a brand that might not be that very well known, just absolutely just spike in growth because someone well-known might be wearing a piece or it's just, yeah, it's amazing what it can do. It's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. And I think
1: um, like the fact that it's a free platform as well and, Mm. you you know, anyone can use it, um, it just makes it even better. Like from a brand's point of view, it's so easy to just um, post things and connect with people so quickly.
0: Yeah, and everyone has Instagram these days anyway.
1: You know, you're like, who are you if you don't have Instagram? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And most of our customers are, you know, girls that are on Instagram. So we definitely do focus a lot of our time on our Instagram to ensure that we are able to um, connect with those customers. Yeah, right. Also, I wore your Marriott dress, I believe it was,
0: (laughs) a couple of years ago for my birthday. And I was set on getting that dress for my birthday. I was like, that is going to be my birthday dress. And I wore it and I absolutely loved it. Like, I can't even tell you it's one of my favorite items Because I think I just, honestly, no joke, because I can't even explain every single thing that I see you come out with. I'm like, oh my God, that's me. And I love the beautiful cape sleeve. And I love how you put all those details on it. And, you know, you've put so much structure in in your garments and whatnot. But like, what do you think it is about your designs that people love so much and and it
1: makes them come back? Before I answer that question, I think I remember reposting your picture as well. (laughs) Because I was just like, this girl looks so good in this dress. Oh, and customers definitely, they relate to, you know, seeing normal people wearing the dress. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, but so what do I think um, people love most about liar pieces yeah. is probably that um, I think everything that, you know, I design and I design with the team, everything has a distinct point of difference mm-hmm. compared to like what else is out there. And yeah. I think customers respond well to this because, you know, everyone's always looking for a like something new and something different and they want to make a statement at their event. Um, you don't really want to wear something that's, you know, order, ordinary or conventional. So I think we target like a very specific customer who appreciates like designer, luxury style fashion, but maybe they don't have, you know, a highly disposable income. Yeah. and You know, like there's someone that's fashion conscious, but, you know, they're also quite realistic with how much they're going to spend on an outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think also customers, they can see that, you know, every fabric, every ruffle, every draped piece of fabric, you know, has been, you know, selected for a reason. And, you know, it's been well thought out. It's not just plopped onto a garment. Um, you know, I'm doing all the fabric sourcing myself as well. So wow. like, we're always making sure that the fabrics are beautiful and, you know, they're not, you're not going to be disappointed when you get a package mm-hmm. from a lie. You know, you're going to open it and you're going to, you're going to know that you're going to be getting a quality piece. Yeah, totally. And it's that kind of like luxury and
0: quality feeling that you get, you know, when you, when you order something that's just so beautiful like that online and, and you, and you grab it and you're like, oh my God, like this is what I've been waiting for. And that's, that's kind of the feeling that I, I personally get with a liar pieces. And I'm sure a lot of your customers do because they just have that beautiful luxury feel and look to them. Thank you. Well, I'm,
1: I'm, yeah, I think that just, that makes the design process even more exciting for us because when we get a really good response to something... You know, we know to do more of that and we know that spending all that time finding unique, beautiful fabrics, it is appreciated and customers do really value having something delivered to them that exceeds their expectations. So, um, And that's really important to me, like when I'm designing to make sure that, you know, the fabric and the quality is always there.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so you have features like your beautiful cape sleeves, as I mentioned, and you have your draped trains and your ruffled shoulders. The list goes on. I love how there's always something kind of different. And I want to know where does the inspiration come from when adding those standout elements to a design?
1: So for me... Like sometimes we've, you know, come up with a concept but the fabric doesn't want to behave, you know, the way that you want it to. So a lot of the inspiration comes now from the fabrics that we select. So I'll go and I'll do a buying trip and I'll bring back amazing fabrics with me. And then it's the process becomes quite artistic because, you know, you study the fabric and you you see how the fabric wants to behave Mm -hmm. and then you design based on the way that you think the fabric will best perform. So for example, like if it's, you know, a beautiful pleated leather you know you know you think oh this would be really cool if we did like a big statement ruffle like around the neck because you know the fabric's going to hold and stand up high and right. you know if it's like a flowing embellished beaded fabric you know oh that that would be amazing as a long train or you know a, a wide leg pant with a split so yeah. I think a lot of inspiration definitely does come from the fabric mm-hmm. and allowing the fabric to be what it wants to be right I love that <laughs> that's really
0: cool I actually haven't heard that before like I think that's really
1: cool it's kind of like trial and error isn't it (laughs) yeah well we've got like our design studio here um, in our Melbourne office so Mm -hmm. a lot of the time we're just all collaboratively sitting around and saying okay like what would, be, what would be amazing in this fabric and then let it evolve from there.
0: Can I just say that please never stop your cape sleeves, I'm obsessed with them <laughs> and also that beautiful new dress that you have, it's like a strapless one, it's kind of like gunmetal with that beautiful draped train, it's oh my yes. god that is like <laughs> me all over oh my god, please never stop doing things like that because that is so exciting <laughs> it really is it's like all well, my dreams come true.
1: Going back to the whole social media um, thing we reposted a customer's picture of that particular dress yesterday okay. and our sales for that dress absolutely blew up today and it's because you know you're sharing and like a regular customer like you and I wearing the dress and yeah people really resonate and relate to that. And then they think, oh my God, she looks amazing. I can look amazing too. So yeah, I think people like do appreciate and love those. People want to make a moment, especially with social media. Mm -hmm. These days they want to post that beautiful photo. And um, I think every time we do design something, well, I know that I always like take a step back and I'll look at the, the piece and I'd say, what's the point of difference in this design or what's the statement thing in this design? And if I can't say, this design has a really big puffy sleeve or this design has a really beautifully embellished waistband if there's not that statement point of difference, then the design is reworked. So right. I think every design has to have, you know, elements of that wow factor before, you know, even considering getting it to the production production stage. Yeah.
0: And I love that you do that because it makes you stand out so much. Like so many of these labels come out and they just have, and while some of them do, you know, basics so incredibly well and they are such high quality and they're beautiful, I think some of us, we just love that beautiful statement piece that no one really has and it's different and you know aliyah does that so well and it's just so great to see like how creative you can get with your pieces and it's so exciting when you launch a new collection because i'm always excited to see what kind of element you've incorporated
1: into each design you know what i mean thank you you're welcome it, honest, yeah, it honestly is it's it's so fun but at the same time every time you're designing a new range, you're like, okay, let's like, how can we wow customers and have something new and keep mm. them engaged um, every season? So thank you.
0: You definitely <laughs> do that hands down. I'm such a fan. Have you noticed? <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> and um, Elia, the label also has accessories. So why have you added this to the
1: brand? So one of our first ever signature looks that we sold was the Marina dress. It was like an embellished mini and it had a matching choker That went with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So from early on, I've always incorporated small accessories like this, and it's become like a signature blueprint you'd say for the for the brand. Just recently, we've added other accessories like belts and statement earrings. Um, For me, it's more. I like to create the entire look for the customer, so you don't have to worry about. oh, I love this blazer, but like I want to to elevate it and I want to style it more. So. I'll think okay like let's add a belt and then you know you're you're selling an entire outfit to a customer all they've got to do is pop on a pair of heels and you know they're on their way. So I think that's pretty much why I've decided to just add some accessories here and there. I feel mm-hmm. like every outfit isn't really complete without some sort of accessory yeah, totally. um, yeah so that's that's why yeah and funny you say that because when
0: I bought the Marriott dress I actually bought the belt that you the were belt. kind of yeah <laughs> that you kind of like had online like with the dress and I'm like I need that like that looks so good together so I bought that too yeah. which is it's great because when you market it like that it makes me feel like I need it and but it, yeah, it looks exactly.
1: so much better with the belt I was like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> well yeah well you have the option to wear it like without but you don't yeah. need to purchase the accessory but you know I like to create the entire look for the customer so they don't have to think about you know how to style the look like it's the the, the thought process is already done for them and they can order their outfit on Thursday and they will get it on Friday before the weekend and they don't have to go and rush and try to put together an entire look you know on the next day
0: yeah awesome thinking that's so good and Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know but I did a episode with Lana Wilkinson as you know celebrity stylist very well known here in Australia and she actually met Mention you as a designer to watch in my episode with her. So I assume having someone like Lana backing you isn't the worst thing in the world, right?
1: gosh, I honestly love Lana. She's amazing. Um, so, oh my God. Yeah. Um, I did listen to that podcast and, you know, she's always got so many valuable insights and yes. she's so open with everything. And, you know, I've got a really great relationship with her and her team. Lovely. Um, my relationship with her actually began really early on in the brand. She's probably one of the first people that, you know, reached out and noticed my brand. and um, wow. the story is quite funny actually. So I I launched my first range and she was interested in, you know, pulling a few pieces for a Herald Sun shoot she was doing with Britt Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time she would emailed me, but I was on holidays and my family were basically running the business for me, picking and packing while I was away for a few weeks. Yeah, And I remember my dad calling my dad and I was, to him oh my god dad Lana Wilkinson like she wants a dress for a shoot um, what do I do like I'm not there can you send it out to her mm-hmm. anyways long story short Lana turned out to live you know a few streets away from me so she arranged to pick up the dress from my house yeah but like at first I was just stressing because I'm like oh my god I don't want my dad to have to you know <laughs> n- like meet with an important fashion stylist on my yeah. behalf like <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, she was so lovely, and um, she loved my parents, and she spoke to them for ages, and. To this day, she always asks, you know, how my parents oh. are and my dad still <laughs> thinks he's friends with her, so it's all great.
0: That is so cute and that is so funny because, like, speaking to Lana and meeting her, she's just that type of person. Like, she's just so great to chat to when she's so kind and she's just so down to earth. So that does not surprise me in the slightest.
1: Yeah, she's she's honestly a gun. Like, I she's someone that supported me and the brand from day one and I guess you could say, like, in a way she's been and mentor for me um, she's helped my bra- my brand gain some exposure like yeah. um, on some really major people and she's always happy to offer me advice. Um, so it's always super fun working with That's her. That's
0: lovely because when I was actually considering having you on and you've kind of been someone in my mind, but then when she mentioned you as one to watch, I'm like, yep, I'm definitely <laughs> getting her on. <laughs> oh, my God, I just like cemented the fact that I wanted you on. I'm like, yep, I need
1: to get her ASAP. Oh, she's such a sweetie and I'm, I'm appreciative of you wanting to um, have a chat with me.
0: No worries. Oh, my God. I was like, yes, she's so amazing. I need to get her on. So there you go. We're here now. (laughs) And I'd love to chat to you about your journey from starting your label until now. What challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them?
1: Um, I guess being a young business owner, it goes without saying. Like every week, you're going to be faced with new challenges. It's you know part of the growing process and it does make you a better business owner. Um, But I think initially, like dealing with you know judgment criticism was something I always feared um, particularly early on because you know you announce that you're doing a business and you're worried you know what people are going to think but um, I think I'm quite proud of where I am now and what I've achieved and I guess you know, once you learn to just focus on what you're doing and moving forward, then, you know, you're always going to be doing better and doing great things. I also think maybe I struggled with not having a strong business coach or like a mentor when I started up, Mm -hmm. started out. Yeah. I think um, I would have really valued having someone guide me and, you know, just even let me know like, oh yeah, this is a good decision. Maybe this one isn't. And, you know, just sort of offering a bit of support along the way. But in saying that without having the mentor, you're forced to learn everything yourself and I think through trial and error and even just through making mistakes you use you become better and you learn to you know avoid certain things in it's it's all part of the growing process
0: yeah right so true and it's so good to kind of see like look back and see how far you've grown as well like it's kind of nice to I guess even though you didn't have a mentor but it's nice to kind of see how you were able to do it yourself as
1: well and be like wow actually I've done a lot and you know yeah. proud of myself I think it's definitely more rewarding as well knowing like yeah. hey, like I've I've done this and like I've worked so hard but you know all the hard work is worth it when you see when you look back and you see how far you've come.
0: Yeah, totally. And obviously, being a designer is one thing, but working with a team is a whole other ball game. So, what's it been like handing over tasks or responsibility for your own
1: brand? I guess this does come off the back of the previous question, um, which is one of the most challenging things for me was being able to give up micromanaging every inch of the business yeah. and you know, being able to put trust in others to do a job as good as you can, yeah. you know, because. when you do have your own business you do think that you know no one can do (laughs) the job like you and it's hard to let go of that because your brand does become your baby but I think it's you know something any business would find difficult and I think Mm. it's really important to find staff that you can really trust and you know they're people who believe in your vision and are motivated to achieve you know great things with you. Yeah that's so true. Yeah so I'm like I'm quite fortunate to have a team that support me and they're really passionate about the brand, you know, and we're all working towards the same goal. So I think it's also really important that you give your staff a chance to prove themselves and mm. not to micromanage them, and you know, allow them to excel in what they love doing, and you know, they they'll then come to a work where like an environment that they love what they're doing. Yeah, totally. Um, so it was you know, it was hard handing over responsibility, mm-hmm. but then when I took a step back and you know, let individuals do what you know, you can't you can't assume everything is possible for for you to do. Like mm. you need to trust that some people are going to be skilled in areas that you're not, and yeah. you know, it's best to. let them shine where where their their passions are yeah
0: true yeah so and it's so important to kind of yeah do that kind of selection process and actually give people a chance it's funny because i wanted to ask this question because it came up um in my last one of my last episodes of my last season with um iris who's the founder of the eyeliner stamp the quick flick and we were talking about that in the podcast and it's something that i kind of wanted to ask you as someone in fashion and someone who also has their own business like yeah how it how it is letting go because it's funny like kind of talking to people with different brands because it is something that a lot of people have in common because it is your baby and it is something that you can struggle with letting go with and it's um yeah it's, it's just an interesting factor I think it's just kind of um yeah it's kind of funny how people work like that.
1: I think like being like a fashion brand you there's only so much you can let go because mm. you are the creative director and essentially the design you're going to sign off and you're going to tick off on yeah. the design at the end of it so I think it's more about about just being a team player with your staff, not being their boss and yeah. working collaboratively and you know, trusting them to put their creative spin on things. But with, you know, at the end of the day, you, you're all you're all putting in little bits and, you know, you're creating a garment that, you know, maybe one person designed the sleeve and the other picked the fabric and yeah. you know, so it's it's not that you have to hundred percent let go, but you just need to like allow other people to be involved in the whole the whole process.
0: Yes. Yeah. So true. I love that. And if there's someone listening who is looking to start
1: their own label, what advice would you give them? I think it's um, very important to ensure that you do your research and you don't just jump into things... Um, Without you know constructing a solid business plan, Um, you know you should do forecasting and determine whether or not you can financially afford to start a label because you know it sounds great like yeah I'm going to start a label but there's so many hidden costs that you might not know exist or you might not be familiar of how much certain things cost. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to take time you know to experiment, trial and error, do your research, um, get advice where you can. Like I said, I didn't have a mentor, so you know if other like I get a lot of girls always messaging me for advice and I'm always more than happy to help them because I didn't have that support so I think you know if you connect with people who have you know been on a similar path and Learn what you can from others, and you know, just make sure you don't rush into it. And you do your research, and you say, make sure you save up enough money. Don't just quit your job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like that. That's probably the number one thing I would um, say to anyone that was looking to start their own their own label.
0: Yeah, for sure. Working smart, really definitely. Good. Yeah. And what do you think are some common misconceptions fashion designers receive?
1: <laughs> I think. A lot of people think the job is easy and they think it's always fun and always glamorous, but it's not. (laughs) I think um, there's definitely glamorous moments, but most of the time it's busy it's all hands on deck and you know you're pushing to meet deadlines Um, and I think a lot of people assume that you know it's easy you can just draw a picture pick a fabric send it off but there's so many hurdles that pop up along the way um, particularly in the production process sometimes fabrics come back and they're totally different to the sample or like a finishing might be different to what you asked for like yeah the list goes on (laughs) but I think also um, just on the topic of um, how it's not easy and a lot of people think it's easy is being a designer to Particularly in the fashion industry, um, you're in an industry that's sort of forever changing. Yeah, you know, right. you always need to be thinking of your next idea. Your product can't, you know, it's a, it's only it only remains relevant for so long before yeah. you know your customer wants and they're craving something new. So I think there's really no downtime. Yeah, you know, you're always you're always thinking of what's next. And mm. I think there's a lot of misconception that you know if you start a brand and you become a designer, you just You know, work from home, design a few things, sell it online. You can still go about your day, but it's it's not really like that. You have to 100% commit yourself to what you're doing, and you know you have to be willing to work weekends, work long hours, Mm. um, stay up late because there's always time differences with your manufacturers in different time zones. So. Um, it's hard work but in saying that when you know you've worked hard and you see that people love it it's so rewarding and it's worth it's worth all the hours
0: totally and with the bad comes a whole lot of good I want to know what's been the best moment of your career so far
1: oh <laughs> I honestly don't think I could pinpoint one <laughs> moment <laughs> yeah. because I am so grateful to be doing what I love every day. I feel like every time I launch a new range, it's a career highlight in itself for me because I'm, you know, reminded of how far I've come, and it's amazing to see how well people respond to it. Yeah. Um. So it does make the hard work so much more rewarding, pe- knowing people still want to buy, you know, my designs. Um. But I think. Um, like spring racing carnival, like working with Lana, doing some custom pieces last year was um, a big moment for us. You know, yeah. we got a lot of media coverage from the races, so that was
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: really exciting. And just recently as well, I've been um, awarded something special from DHL, which yes, um, yeah. So I've been recognised as Australia's next emerging designer, and amazing. It's been amazing. Yeah, so I think that too would be um, a major career highlight for me. Yeah, I was just about. To ask you
0: about that, tell me about that. So it's the winner of the launch your label to the world stage campaign. Congratulations, that's amazing. I want to know all about it.
1: Oh yeah, it's been um, an, an amazing week. So um, I just feel honestly humbled to be recognised and named as Australia's Emerging Designer of the Year Lovely. by DHL. So basically, they ran a campaign which aimed to find a brand that they felt was, you know, dominating the Australian market mm-hmm. and they believed would be ready to, you know, go into that next phase of brand development and launch the brand um, into the overseas market. Wow. Um, so yeah, they they picked a liar and. Oh my um, God. Yeah, it's honestly been such an incredible week. I went to Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. We filmed you know, a campaign video and I got to meet with some amazing people from IMG and um, they're now going to be providing me with ongoing mentorship on how to expand and reach new international markets. That's so,
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, so it's very, very exciting. Oh my and, God,
0: uh, you must be so excited about that.
1: Yeah, it's honestly really, really good because I feel like I have gotten the brand to a point in Australia that... That, you know we're doing significantly well and mm. I want to know what's what's next so yeah. I think this opportunity would definitely help me with that just take over the
0: world no worries <laughs> <laughs> yeah god that's bloody amazing I'm just gonna say that's bloody amazing congrats thank you thank you so much can't wait to see what happens next that's awesome and and you know what it's just one of
1: those things hard work always pays off I agree like if you're like I was saying earlier like I was scared because I didn't have that fashion background and I I think if you're motivated to do something and you know you have a passion and you're willing to work hard in it you will do well in it because you won't accept not excelling in it yeah
0: so um I definitely agree with that. Totally. I'm a lot like that myself. I like never take no
1: for an answer. I'm like, "Cool, I'll try again." <laughs> Good. That's honestly, the best that's honestly the best way to be because I think it's part of it's part of the process of getting to um, you know a successful stage like everyone has moments where they're up and then there's moments that you're down but yeah. i think the times that you're down really makes you appreciate and want to you know build yourself back up and do do well
0: definitely yeah 100% and i want to know what's coming up next for aliyah the label well i guess with
1: everything That DHL will be offering me and supporting me with. Mm -hmm. I think I would just love to focus and strengthen our global presence. Mm -hmm. And um, I think my goal over the next few years is to expand into new international markets, which we have already tapped into a little, but I just feel like there's so much more potential for growth. Oh, yes, Um, totally. Particularly in the Middle East and the US, like we get heaps of online orders from those regions of the world. So, yeah, so I'll just be working closely on launching the brand overseas with the help of. DHL, and I've been speaking to some amazing international PR agencies, um, and I've also connected recently with a major international buyer who last week came to see me, and um, she was down for Mercedes Benz Fashion Week, so she decided, you know, she wanted to meet, and they're interested in stocking the brand in one of the biggest department stores in the oh Middle East. Oh my
0: god! Yeah, that's so it's really exciting. Oh my yeah. god, everything's happening for you. That's
1: bloody amazing. Yeah. So, like, we'll just see what, what's in store for the yeah. future. But, yeah, it's, it's really exciting and um, it's, it motivates me to, like, keep pushing and keep doing Definitely. what we're doing.
0: You're killing it. You are killing it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And where can we get our hands on Aliyah the label? So
1: our online store is the quickest and most convenient way to shop mm-hmm. all our pieces. You'll always have full access to the complete range Um, And we send all orders with express delivery. So you can shop at home and receive your package the following day. So it's super convenient. Um, But we also have over 40 retail stockists now, which are both online and in-store. So um, that whole list is on our website for people that prefer to, you know, go in-store and try things on.
0: Amazing. So quick and easy. Love it. And I want to end on a few random questions for you. I do this with all my guests just to end things on a high. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> okay. Number one, how many days could you go with Chipped Nail Polish?
1: Oh, God. Um <laughs> My nails are really bad all the time. Like I don't have time to get them done. One of my bre- best friends said to my partner, like, you just, you're going to need to propose one day when she just doesn't have her nails done because they're never done. So, <laughs> or only he has to like to have them done.
0: <laughs> he has to like take you to get them done and just be
1: like, oh, just a treat beforehand. Yeah, I know. But then I, it would just, it would just spoil it. Tell so, him to start <laughs> doing
0: it now. So by the time, like it would just be a thing. Exactly. (laughs) And number two, would you rather always be overdressed or
1: always be underdressed? Always be overdressed. And I think that's actually like everyone that knows me knows that I will always be overdressed and I'll never (laughs) be underdressed. During the week, maybe a bit underdressed, but I'd rather (laughs) always be, you know, I feel like people will have nicer things to say about you if you're overdressed (laughs) than if you're underdressed. True. I was
0: looking at your Instagram and like I follow you on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, you always look so fabulous.
1: Oh, thank you. If you maybe catch me on my supermarket run during the week, you might change your mind. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. We all get a bit like that. (laughs) Totally.
0: And number three, if you were reborn in a new life, would you rather be alive in the past or in the future? (laughs) Oh, this is
1: a hard one. (laughs) Um. I think in the future, I feel like there's always like new and exciting things happening. And Mm. I don't know, I just, even just looking back now and seeing how far like technology and stuff has advanced, I think I'd be more inclined to say future.
0: Yeah. You know what? I think I'd say the same.
1: Yeah. Because no
0: one wants to be like without, I guess, technology. Like if you said like the 1950s, like what are you supposed to do with your time? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know. But then I think, like, relate people and their relationships were a lot more yes. real back then. Yes, so, true. I don't know. I just feel like a little bit now with the whole social media thing, it's becoming a bit more people are portraying, you know, certain sides of themselves. And, you know, I think back in the day it wasn't like that. And yeah. that aspect of the past I think I prefer. Yeah. But But um, I think just with all the amazing technology and stuff like that, then, yeah, I'd say the future.
0: Yeah. If only you could, like, pick and choose what past and what elements you can have from past and future. How great would that be? That would be the best. <laughs> well, Louise, thank you so much for coming on. You have been absolutely amazing and I love hearing about Alaya. And keep going. You're doing so well. And, yeah, it's been a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for having me. I've honestly loved chatting with you. And oh, I hope yay. you've learned a little bit more about me and have. a little bit more about my brand. I have. And everyone's going to be so keen to jump on it. If you haven't seen Alaya the label, go and have a look. You will fall in love as much as I have so make sure you do that thank you bye Bye. fashion avenue is a hit network original podcast produced at hit 105 studios in Brisbane created produced and hosted by Amber Lowther check out fashion-avenue.co and our instagram fashion avenue podcast editorial support provided by Tegan Sides Executive producers are Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio storytelling, head to hit.com.au and most importantly, don't forget to subscribe.